What's up, rap stars? It's your host, Romeo Santos, with co-host Kenny Fulton, back with another new exciting episode. Kenny, welcome. How are you, my man? Feeling good. You know, weather's good. Cicadas are out. How about you? Same. I mean, we're not that far from one another. Obviously, both here in Maryland, the cicadas are crazy. I woke up last night and I freaked out. I went to the bathroom and I was like, why is the water running somewhere in my house? And then I realized, oh, it's the cicadas. (laughs) (laughs) background theme music yeah for sure for sure well it's kind of like that white noise it helps you to sleep right Yeah, it does yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, for sure well i'll tell you one thing that's not helping people sleep and that is this real estate market Mm -hmm. and so the last couple weeks we've been talking about things you can do to get your offer accepted we've been talking about um you know just the market in general we've been talking about selecting an agent all these different things that that really are helpful but what we haven't really talked about was what's kind of been the catalyst for this market, right? And so a lot of people have been asking me, like, do you think it's going to crash like it did back in 07? And I said, well, I don't for the biggest reason is that we don't have the same mortgage crisis that we had back then. But also we had inventory in 2007. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a matter of not being able to find a house and that what was driving the price. It was just a matter of people speculating and paying more and more and more. Because at that point, actually, people were saying, you know what, I'm going to buy for 200,000 today. And then in six months, I'm going to sell for 275. And they were doing it. They were even buying new construction going under contract for X number, let's say $300,000. And before they closed on it, they were selling their contract to another buyer for for a hundred thousand dollars more so that was a big big difference from what we're seeing right now and so you and i talked a lot about this this week and and we decided that this would be a good thing for us to talk about like what actually has helped to spark this big crazy market that we're in right now so kenny why don't you take us off what is it being called uh well they're calling it the great reshuffling yeah the great reshuffling so tell us what that means uh, so it's essentially um, what's happening is that as a, uh, as a, a, a byproduct of Corona and with the quarantine lasting as long as it did, uh, people's priorities started to change and people said, you know what, you know, this condo, this apartment, you know, living in the city um, is not as advantageous as it once was. Hmm. Uh, many people are now have the flexibility to work remotely. And so the commutes have, have changed. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of changed the mindset of people about, you know, the parties where they want to live. And people have basically started to, um, there's like a mass exodus from major cities and even yeah. certain states, right? So people are like, you know what, I don't need to even work in the same state, you know, as my job. I can live anywhere. True. I can leave California and I can go to Texas. I can leave um, uh, DC. I can leave Baltimore and I can move out into the counties. Yeah. Um, and, and I need more space now. You know, I enjoy the outdoors. Uh, yeah. uh, we, we got a, we got a, what I'm calling a, a Corona dog. Uh, mm-hmm. Dog prices kind of skyrocketed. Right. Yeah. So there are people out there who are like, you know what, I want to go out and walk a dog and, and things like that. So uh, just in general, uh, as, as, a, as a community, our parties have changed and we've started to value other communities more and people are starting to gravitate towards, you know, leaving the big urban centers and moving towards the suburbs. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you know what the experts are saying is not so much that coronavirus alone is what sparked the ability to work from home because that had already started. I mean, people were telecommuting like my wife, for instance, 
she's had her job for four years now and she's worked from home the entire time with maybe one visit a week into uh, Roslyn, which is where her, her company is. And now, yeah, she's not doing it at all because the business, the building is closed down, but, but that was already at, already happening, but it certainly has put, you know, lighter fuel onto the fire and it's accelerated like crazy. So people are moving out. And I think you're right. It's not even just that they can work from home, but they go, you know what? I can work from anywhere. My job has told me that I don't ever have to come back into the office. My right. job has actually told me that they're going to minimize office space. So right. they don't want me to come back in. So companies right. are seeing it as an opportunity to cut costs and then give the flexibility to client to, to their, to their um, employees. Because at the end of the day, we all know that if you want a healthy business, you need to have healthy staff because the staff mm -hmm. is ultimately what makes the business go, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, we, that, we talk about that often. It, it expands uh, from a corporate perspective, it expands their talent pool. Yes. If they're able to hire people who live in different Great areas point. and different markets, let's say that this, this particular role you're hiring for pays 100,000, mm -hmm. um, but your business is based in DC and maybe the cost of living you know, is not that attractive for, right. for that pay scale. But then somebody who lives in Arkansas, where 100,000 goes a lot further, then they can draft somebody from who lives in that market, and that money goes a lot further. So it really yeah. also helps them to expand, you know, where they can hire employees from as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that those are great points. Thank you so much for adding those. So, all right, so we we want to get down to some brass tacks. So I did some research today because yeah. I wanted to be able to really like put the exclamation point on what it is that we're we're talking about, right? So so what we did is we pulled the actual available active or coming soon inventory in DC, Baltimore City, in Baltimore County, Montgomery County, Howard County, Anne Arundel County, and Prince George's County. And then we also pulled the, uh, the, the populations so that we could really see the contrast between what's going on. Okay. So let me just start over here with Washington, DC. Okay. So Washington, DC, simply condominiums alone, mm. not, not the row houses and not the single family homes. Right now, coming soon and active, active. there are 1,259 active listings. So when people go, there's an inventory shortage and then they hear a number like that, they go, that doesn't sound like a shortage. That's a mm. lot, right? <laughs> Also, we did some more research and we saw that DC, the average uh, days on market is over 60 days. We're not seeing that around here. That's for no, sure. Right. Not at all. So that's just the condos. If we add in the single families and the townhouses, <coughs> excuse me, everybody, 523 homes. So 523 and 1259, we are over 1800 active or coming soon homes for sale. And then if I pull up the demographic in DC, Washington, DC, the population is 692,000 people. Okay. Okay. So almost not quite, I know 2100 would be, but almost three times. So 2.6 mm -hmm. times the amount of homes per, 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 per capita, I guess you would, right. Mm -hmm. Of the amount of population. Okay. So that's just DC. Now let's look at Baltimore. Baltimore, there's 1,460 homes for sale. Baltimore City population, 609,000. Mm. Okay. Big, big difference. Big, mm -hmm. big difference. Okay. Now let's, now both cities have about the same population, right? I mean, we're talking 80,000 and 85,000, but overall pretty much the same. 
and they're only a couple hundred homes away from each other with their actual active and coming soon inventory. Now let's take a look at the counties, okay? So if we look at, oh, sorry, I'm in the wrong category here. If we look at Baltimore, Anne Arundel County, I apologize, mm -hmm. Anne Arundel County, 900 homes for sale, mm. half, yeah, half of the homes for sale as there is in DC. Now, is Anne Arundel County slightly larger than Washington, DC? Oh, for sure. Now, it is obviously a lot more condensed in DC. So if you actually look at the population in Anne Arundel County, 579,000, there's 100,000 less people in Anne Arundel County, 900,000 homes, I'm sorry, 900 homes for sale mm -hmm. versus 689,000 in DC and 1,800 homes for sale. Wow. Big difference, double the amount of homes for sale in DC. So that's mm -hmm. already starting to tell us the story. It's yeah. already starting to tell us the story why the counties are going crazy. There's just much less inventory, right? right? Much less inventory. Okay, so let's keep moving along. All right, so if we go to, I keep losing my screen here. All right, Romeo, learn how to use a computer. There we go. Howard County, 347 homes for sale. Wow. Nothing. 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 Mm -hmm. 347 homes and the population 325. Getting mm -hmm. interesting. Almost one yep. to one, right? Almost yep. one to one per, th per, per thousand, of yeah. course. All right. Uh, Montgomery County, 1251. Mm -hmm. Montgomery County, 1,051,000 is the mm -hmm. population. Again, almost one to one per 100,000, per thousand. Okay. And then we have Baltimore County, 848 homes. Okay. Baltimore County population, 827. Again, yeah, almost okay. a one to one. Pretty close, yeah. Right. And then Prince George's County, 762, mm -hmm. 909,000 population. Okay. So we're less than a one to one yeah. ratio there. Yeah. So I think it's very, very clear. And, and mm -hmm. what people may not know, because they think Prince George's County, they may think, okay, yeah, but PG County is right outside of DC. Correct. But is all of PG County right outside of DC? No. no, no, there are lots of areas in Prince George's County that are a bit more rural, right? Mm -hmm. Upper Marlboro, where you can find a lot more land. Mm -hmm. So same with Montgomery County, as you get further north, Anne Arundel County, as well as you're kind of in the middle of the county. Uh, it's a bit more dense in Anne Arundel yeah. County. Baltimore County, though, it goes a little further north. There's a lot more areas where you can get more land. You're a bit more spread out. So just looking at the numbers, what we're saying from the data that we've talked about with this, you know, um, great reshuffling, the data supports it wholeheartedly. Yeah. The cities yeah. have in, I wouldn't say a glut, but if you look at the numbers, they have right. a glut of inventory compared to the county. Right. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so yeah. what are we seeing again with what's happening with competition in the counties? Yeah. Well, when you think about uh, people right now who are making the decision to buy, mm -hmm. and if I live in, in DC and I have a budget of $650,000 and I might be looking at a 12, 1600 square foot home, right? True. You know, not that much space. Yeah. And with Pondo, that same probably. 650, yeah. With that same 650,000, I can move on the other side of the line, be in the county and 
get a very nice single family home, you know, at that rate, maybe even something new construction, right? You have very a lot of options. So. Yep. You might even choose to move a little bit further out and then get you a bigger lot, maybe get you a half acre or an, or an acre lot. Mm-hmm. So I think just, you know, what people's priorities changing and determining where do I want to invest this type of money. Now, D.C. is still a great place to invest, you know, absolutely. Uh, but the numbers don't lie. So with the amount of inventory we have per capita in D.C. being like almost two and a half percent closer to or less mm-hmm. than one percent in, uh, in some of the counties, it's just showing that that's where people are moving. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're moving out. And so, you know, what I, what I've heard from a few people, cause everybody gets a little bit different information. So some of my neighbors, they said, well, I've heard that people are moving to Anne Arundel County and there's such a shortage of inventory because they're buying second homes. I think that could be happening on a very small scale, but that's yeah, not, scale. that's yeah. not really what's driving it. It is this reshuffling of people saying, you know what, I'm tired. I have a colleague who owns a couple houses in DC and he and his wife recently purchased a house in Arnold, Maryland. And mm-hmm. during the entire COVID, they stayed in Anne Arundel County. And now they've decided to make Anne Arundel County home because they don't want to be back in the city. Okay. So I yeah. think maybe you've seen stuff like that. Now, they did actually buy that as a vacation, like a weekend home. Mm-hmm. But now it's turned into their primary residence. Yeah. And they have their D.C. homes as rentals now. That's a very unique uh, scenario. Very much so. You know, many people don't have that, that ability. Correct. Probably doesn't represent, you know, what's why we're seeing a shift in the numbers. Yeah. Uh, but, but another thing is, you know, um, it's a really good thing to focus on is that inventory is what's pushing these prices higher. And even though the days on market can be a little bit misleading, whenever we talk about like, you know, 30, 60 days, yeah. um, really when we're uh, coaching our clients, we really try to focus on the community that you're looking to buy in. And in many scenarios, we're seeing like three to seven days on market. So yeah. the turn, you know, so even with that inventory, those numbers, I mean, it will also be interesting to try to figure out out of like, let's say a thousand homes that are active, um, um, the average days on market, like those same thousand homes a week from now is probably another 500 of those are probably already gone. And it's another right. 500 homes that are on the market. So your opportunities really change day by day. So anybody who's actively out there looking, you have to be looking every single day. It's not one of those things where you see a house out there and then, mm-hmm. oh, we'll go check it out next week. It'll be gone. It'll be gone. So you see if an it's opportunity nice. yeah. and you get out there that day or the next day. Yeah. Well, something that I've always said, and, and I got this from one of my mentors a long time ago, um, when talking with buyers that tell you, you know what? I really like it. I really like it a lot, but I want to think it over mm-hmm. tonight. And the, the response is, it's a hundred percent your right to do so, but just keep in mind that the house that you fell in love with today, that you view today and that you think about it tonight might be the same house that somebody else fell in love with yesterday, mm-hmm. thought about it overnight and are writing an offer on today. Yep. Yep. Right. Or, or like the house, uh, in, in, uh, Laurel that just wanted a contract for us last week. Yep. The uh, highest offer actually came in before the listing went live. Yeah. So, Mighty sight unseen saw this opportunity and said, you know what? I've been waiting for a house to uh, pop up in this neighborhood and I have to have it. And they put in an amazing offer before the listing looked live. So that was sight unseen. Yep. After the house went active, they looked at it and they felt even better about their offer and increased it 15,000. So, you know, no, not only do you not have time to think about it, but you might want to also consider, you know, doing something like that, like letting the seller know in advance, like, hey, look, I'm interested. I want your home and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we even saw a couple scenarios where, uh, in this case, I was representing the buyer, uh, the home that they were interested in. 
they had three uh, uh, pre-inspections. So before even putting in an offer, uh, they already had inspections done on the home. So that way they can put in their most aggressive offer. Sure. And, and in most scenarios, you can buy yourself some time with that. So if you're saying, hey, I want to get an inspection done before we submit our offer, but it's coming, I'll have it to you in two days or whatever mm -hmm. it is. You might be able to buy yourself some time in that case by saying, you know, I'm making an investment to make sure I can give you the best offer possible. Right. But other than that, you know, you have to be on top of it and get your offer in as soon as possible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and, you know, all those things are things that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. But I think, you know, what was really interesting for us as we were reviewing the data and, and, and conversing with our colleagues was that big reshuffling. So, folks, ladies and gentlemen, what has sparked this massive craziness in the market? Well, two things, three things, really. The ability to work from home, I think, is probably the biggest one that has pushed the markets north in all of these areas outside of the urban area. And then, of course, lack of inventory and low interest rates, simply supply and demand. But now convenience of being able to move out, people are moving out and they are spending more. And I think that's a great point, which you brought up earlier for people that are thinking about it, because I keep hearing where are these people coming from that are mm -hmm. able to spend so much more money over and above the asking price? They're coming from the city, folks. Mm -hmm. They're coming from the city where they're used to spending a million dollars for a townhouse and they can come to. <laughs> Anne Arundel County and buy a waterfront house for a million dollars. Big difference. Big yeah. difference, right? Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, unfortunately, it still is he or she who has the ability and willingness to go a little bit crazy on their offer will be the one that wins. Um, we just put another house on the market yesterday. I have two offers in hand already, even though the deadline is Monday at noon. One of them is $8,000 over ask which I was like, eh, okay, not so much. Not, not, not really where we would think it would be. The next one is $40,000 over ask. More like it. And this $40,000 over ask, ladies and gentlemen, is actually 12% over the list price. Mm, wow. So now we're seeing it creep over 10%. Yep. 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 All right. So Kenny, what else should we be sharing with them about this crazy market right now? Uh, you know, to call us, you know, 100%. if you're looking for expert advice, you we'll know, the... It. Yeah, you know, you know, I hear often people say I'm a seller's agent, I'm a buyer's agent, you know, uh, we're agents. So one of the, the best things about working with agents who, uh, who are selling houses is that we have the advantage in this market that we are helping coach people on. All right, look, we got 12 offers here. And so we're constantly figuring out what the best offer is. So we're best with the sellers, but now we're working with buyers, we can help coach them to say, hey, look, you know, there might be 10 offers on here. This is what it's going to take in order for you to beat, you know, 10, 11 other people. When you're working with an agent who doesn't have the advantage of selling houses or well, as well, um, you know, like, just like you said, you got an offer and it's 8,000 over. If they don't win, most likely they're not even going to know why they're going right. to do it over and over again and keep striking out. And they don't know why, but when you're on both ends of the transaction, you understand what it takes to win in this market. But I'll, I'll tell you one other really quick thing is that, you know, I feel like we're also saving our buyers thousands of dollars by not getting too caught up in, in this buying craze. Yeah. And one of the really interesting things that happened uh, last week was I was helping a, a couple and uh, we put an offer in on a property and the house was listed for 750 and their budget was around 800. So I said, you know what, you need to throw the whole bag at this one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's go 801, like make it an odd number. Right. 
and uh, they unfortunately did not get that home and went for 110,000 over asking. You know, over asking. They, they made their best. You know, that was yeah, the best that they that's could all do. He, that's all they can do. The next house that they're looking at, um, you know, you have to look at the data. And so they were like, okay, let me guess. We got to go 100,000 over in order to get it. I'm like, no, actually, I think in this case, you can go five over asking. And they're like, wait a minute, that makes no sense. First, you told me I have to go 50,000 over. <laughs> and now you're saying you think I can get it at 5,000 over? It's because in this case, when we looked at the comps, I was like, you know what? Um, this house had already been on the market a little bit longer. Yep. You know, if it only been out there for a day or two, this house has been on the market already for uh, about about two weeks, right? So that shows you there's a pricing issue there. Mm -hmm. uh, number time. two, uh, when we looked at the comps in the neighborhood, no house had sold uh, for close to that price yet. So they were already pushing the market a little bit. And, and then also with having a good agent who knows how to communicate with other agents and, you know, talk about where we think the home is going to appraise at, mm -hmm. that gives that other agent, the selling agent, I'm sorry, the, the listing agent, an opportunity to have a, a conversation and say, hey, look, this is where the offer is coming in. And here's why. And we were able to get in on the contract with just 5,000 over asking. So you're a rock star, Kenny. Yeah. Your clients are lucky. Saving them, you know, $45,000 versus Easy. where they wanted to come in at, right? Easy. Um, Yes, yep. so you have to work with the pros. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, sometimes people do go way over. I mean, we recently sold a house. It ended up selling for 570. Mm -hmm. We had listed it for 515. The next highest offer was 550. Yeah. They didn't have to go as high as they did. Yeah. Now, granted, they didn't know that, right? You're going blind. You don't know. But you're right. You know, having those conversations gives you, gives you a leg up. So awesome. So, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest tip that we can give you in this real estate market is to work with us <laughs> that's it work with that's us it. and we'll take care of you yeah all right rap stars thank you all so much for tuning in kenny remind everybody where they can find you instagram is realtor kenny fulton facebook is kenny at kenny fulton and uh 443-763-0958 call or text me all right, very good. You? And everybody, you can find me at 240-401-8023 or Romeo at redanchorproperties.com. You can also find us at redanchorhomes.com, redanchorproperties.com. And you can find us on social media for our company at Red Anchor Properties, both Instagram and also Facebook. And you can find me at Real Estate Romeo on Instagram, on TikTok, it is Red Anchor Properties. And on Facebook, it's just my name, Romeo Santos. Thanks, nice. everybody. Kenny, been great. All right. Peace. Peace. All right. Thank you.